Hello and welcome to another episode of Zcast. Now, I feel I should give some context, some explanation really as to why I haven't recorded an episode in a while. I'm sure my uh, many dedicated fans, of which there's probably some, uh, are curious as to why I haven't been uploading. Now, partially it's been just because I've forgotten, I'll admit that, but another part of it stems from the fact that there is an error with the recording software I'm using that causes large portions of the episode to sort of cut out the audio and uh, just be silenced for a while, and that's really annoying. So I'm trying an alternative way of doing it to see if that problem can be solved. But if for whatever reason there's a large portion of uh, silence in this video, that's why. But anyway, I just thought I'd give some context as to the deal with why I haven't been uploading. But uh, I'm recording today, so you can quit your complaining. So, uh, a few things I'll get out of the way before I really start uh, the video. What I'm going to do in this video is, I have three movies I've been asked to review. And I'll cover those for a bit. Uh, I'll cover those shortly, I'll cover those for a bit. Then I will move on to the movies I've watched since I've last recorded, which has been quite a few. I'll sort of just briefly touch on that. And then I'll do the same for music and... Uh, that's probably enough for an episode, so, uh, okay, that's, that's what I'll do. Now, I've been asked to review three movies, and they are Fight Club, Inception, and Armory. Now, I'm not sure how I'm going to go about this. I'll say this. Fight Club, I've, I've read a, a very excellent uh, dissection and analysis of Fight Club, as I have got a book uh, covering Fincher's uh, discography called Mind Games and that book really uh, it really explains and uh, analyzes uh, Fight Club in a way that I don't think I could because I think when a movie gets to a certain level of popularity you're not just dissecting the movie you're sort of reviewing the whole cultural force of the movie, if that makes any sense. I don't really know how exactly I could even discuss Fight Club, because it's become something more than just a movie. It's, it is a cultural force. It is a... It's, it's a lot. It's a lot to, to try and discuss. I don't really know... I'd recommend that book. I think that that does a better job of explaining it than I do. Uh, I do think it has merit, despite all its juvenile provocations. It does have something there, something that clearly can easily be misinterpreted, as we have seen by the legions of people who view it not as a cautionary tale, but as a how-to guide. Um. Anyway. 
another movie I was asked to recommend was Inception. Now, there was a time where I was not, I was not brave enough to admit that uh, Nolan films, they're just not for me. And now, as I think I've seen a lot more movies since then, I can safely say they're just not my thing. Uh, this one in particular, there have been a lot of accusations of, uh, you know, ripping off Paprika, and I've seen both of them. I, well, I much, much prefer Paprika. I, I don't, I think they're, they have been a bit stretched. I don't think, uh, it's a, it's a complete rip-off. It's, there's clearly some inspiration there, and I think one clearly does it better, but I don't think it's a total rip-off. And thirdly, Amelie. Uh, this is another one that I can just say is, you know, not my thing. Just watch Three Colors Red. Anyway, uh, that's that's me covering those uh, three movies. Uh, hopefully, whoever uh, recommended those, if they're watching, hopefully that was enough. I feel like I didn't really do those movies any justice, but I, I, I'm not really the person to... To, to be the one reviewing them. Now, there's something I forgot to say. I forgot to mention what is really the reason I'm actually, I, I, I've actually gone around to recording this episode is because I have big, big news for the, the Zedcast community, that big news for people who follow this, uh, this podcast, of which I am aware, very few people. Uh, but, Hopefully, I can expand my audience. Anyway, I've written a book. Okay, first of all, I'll get out of the way. Not really a book. It's 40 pages. It's more of like a pamphlet. No, it's, yeah, 40, 40 words. No, not 40 words. A few more than that. Uh, it's it's 40 pages. It's a book pamphlet thing. It's it's a bunch of movie reviews. Uh, 40 pages of movie reviews. I've... I've self-published it uh, on my website, thezentertainment.com. It's free to download uh, under the books section. It's called First Rate Flicks. Um, yeah, I would highly recommend you read it if you want to. Uh, it would greatly help me. It would be a good thing that you could do. I would greatly appreciate it. So, that out of the way. Uh, I just wanted to mention, the Z Entertainment uh, is a website I've had for, for years now. I think I'm going to uh, change it. It's going to be it's going to get changed. Right now, I'm using a certain website builder, and I'm going to change that to Wix. See, Wix is expensive, but uh, the list of features, the list of what they offer is so much vaster than the one I'm using at the moment. It's such a better service. Um... So I'm just waiting for there to be a half-off sale, uh, and I'll, I'll keep I'll keep looking uh, for a half-off sale. But even though I've signed up for promotions, I feel like I'm not getting the promotional emails. And I know that they do a lot of half-off sales. I've done I've looked into it. They do a lot of half-off sales, but I'm just gonna look to see if they uh, next time they have half-off, that's what I'm gonna buy like a yearly plan. So yeah, book. Download it, there's zentertainment.com is the website, uh, yeah, okay, do that, please, if you, uh, want to. Okay, on to the next part of the video.
Okay, so in this part of the video, I'm going to just go over a bunch of movies in a sort of rapid fire sense and uh, give some brief thoughts on each of them. So, I can't exactly remember when it was I last, I last made a video. I think it was May, it was all the way back in May. So in May I watched, uh, I watched Happy End and The White Ribbon very, in very close vicinity. Uh, I was sort of on a bit of a Haneke binge, if you can consider two films a binge. I was sort of just uh, rounding off my ho the holes in uh, his filmography, the ones I haven't seen. Happy End was always considered, uh, has always been considered a, a lesser Haneke flick, and uh, I can see that, and that's simply just because it is. Uh, and The White Ribbon is a movie that I had always sort of confused with Children of the Corn, I think. Although, I haven't seen Children of the Corn, and uh, there wasn't any corn in The White Ribbon. But uh, it was good. I think it was a bit too uh, intelligent for me. I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't... I'll admit I didn't, like, get it in a, a literal sense. Like, I didn't understand it. But uh, it was very well shot. And Imagine... My surprise, when I check into how long I'd been recording, and I found out that maybe 10, 20 minutes ago, I'd actually stopped recording, and everything I'd just said about all the movies I'd just covered was not recorded. It was just lost. You can imagine that that really, like, annoyed me, and it did, and I'm kind of annoyed now, and I'm going to be honest... I'm going to record this episode another time after I've had some time to calm down. Uh, sorry, looks like you're not. You're going to have to wait a bit longer for, for the episode to come out. Because, God, podcasting is a frustrating experience. Okay, I'm back now. I've calmed down a bit. I'm still quite upset that I lost all that marvellous talking I did. But, um, yeah, okay, I'll go... Uh, I'll go back to doing what I was doing, and uh, yeah, I'll I'll talk some more about some movies, okay? Now, not exactly sure why it turned off before, but I'll try and avoid that happening again. So, I can't really be bothered to re-review the movies I had already reviewed, so I'll just, you know, continue from where I left off. Uh, but you obviously won't hear all my really awesome reviews I did. <laughs> anyway, uh, I saw Dr. Strangelove. Um, this is a Kubrick film, one of the few Kubrick films I've, I've still, I was still left to see. I still haven't seen, uh, Paths of Glory yet, but, um, this one was really good. Uh, definitely a much more comedic film for him, and, uh, a lot of the humour really worked. Uh, it was a very, uh entertaining movie, not my favourite from his, but uh, still really good. Then I watched the original Top Gun because I was going to see uh, the sequel because I'd heard it really, was really good. Yeah, uh, Top Gun, not very good. Pretty uh, cheesy, bad 80s movie. Really uh, blatant propaganda as well. Um, then I saw One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which is a film that I really enjoyed. Although not as much as the other one from the director that I saw later, which was Amadeus, which I absolutely adored. Uh, I saw In Bruges after that. A Colin Farrell 
starring a dark comedy about a hitman that, uh, it was pretty good, it was pretty, uh, it was very bleak, it was very bleak, I'll say that, but, uh, it was a pretty good film. Then, Top Gun Maverick, uh, the sequel to Top Gun, way better than the first in every way, not only from a technical standpoint, but just a purely more entertaining movie, I reckon. Uh, I checked out, uh, La Talante, which was, uh, the first of the two Gene Vigo films I've seen now. Um, and he's an interesting filmmaker, this one especially. Uh, very, very acclaimed movie, considered one of the best of all time by some critics. Uh, I enjoyed it, I did enjoy some of the techniques he employed, um, but I wouldn't go that far. I checked out, uh, also, I checked out, uh, Black Is, uh, Black Ain't, which is a documentary from Marlon Briggs, and, uh, I really enjoyed this guy's last film, um, Tongues Untied, uh, and this one was probably even better than Tongues Untied, it was a very experimental documentary about, uh, the black experience in America, and it's very insightful. Uh, after that I watched another documentary, Playing, which is a Brazilian documentary, and I'd, I'm gonna say documentary in a very loose term, because it's a very experimental, it's a very weird I feel like I don't have the necessary context to fully understand it. Maybe if I was uh, a Brazilian native, I would maybe uh, get it more, I reckon. Uh, Bamboozled is what I watch next, which is a Spike Lee flick. Um, really, really powerful stuff from Spike. This was uh, early Spike, so it's a lot less uh, watered down and neutered than his later stuff. And... Uh, He's pulling no punches here, I'll tell you that. Then, uh, I watched The Battle of Chile Part 1, which is an absolutely essential documentary piece about, um, the military coup that occurred in, uh, in Chile, which was f funded by the CIA and, uh, saw the democratically elected socialist president, uh, overthrown and replaced with a fascist dictator, very, very powerful documentary, very insightful, definitely one to watch. Uh, then I watched Blue Collar, which is a Schrader flick from the 70s. Um, really good, really, uh, just like uh, that bamboozled uh, Schrader's pulling no punches here. He, he, um, he goes after a lot of people in this film. And the ending... It's an all-timer, for sure. Uh, then I watched Battle of Chile Part 2. Just as important as the first one. Uh, I, I, I eventually checked out the third one. I don't think the third one's necessary. It's, it sort of covers a lot of the same ground as the first two, but first two definitely need to be seen. Oh, and then I watched High School by uh, Wiseman. It's a Wiseman flick from the 60s. Um, 68, uh, to be precise. And this documentary, I absolutely need to check out more of this guy's work. Because just with this film alone, he's he's already one of my favourite documentary filmmakers. What he's able to do is create... Oh, oh God. See, I just checked to, to see if I was still recording. And luckily, this time I still was. I thought for a second, oh, is it not recording? Have I lost everything again? 
Uh, luckily, I, 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 if that had happened, I wasn't talking for long enough, for, uh, for as long as last time. But okay, it's still recording. Uh, anyway, High School, uh, Frederick Wiseman, fantastic, fantastic movie. Uh, what he's able to do is he's able to craft such a pointed and, you know, incisive critique of of the subject um, without doing any narration, without doing any, you know, voiceover, any uh, of the typical, doc, any talking heads, any, you know, t- typical documentary stuff. It's just footage he's taken from this high school, and he's able to say so much. And the chilling finale, the chilling final scene, it, it just does it doesn't leave you. It, it makes the, the the rest of the film all that more meaningful in retrospect. So yeah, absolutely need to check out that one. Um, past that point, I saw La J. Dior, which I found out from the Thousand and One Movies to See Before You Die book I recently picked up and uh, am reading, uh, translates to The Age of Gold. I didn't know that, but uh, it does make sense in the context of the film. This is a Benil, uh, probably not how you pronounce that, a Benil surrealist flick uh, from 1930, which is... I'll say it's one, I, I do really, I, I enjoy a good Benil, but I don't think this is my favourite from his. I can appreciate appreciate how transgressive it was for the time period, but just watching it now, it's not it's it's not going to be as uh, controversial as, sh- it's still shocking at some points, but it's not going to be as shocking as it was f- for people back then. Uh, after that, I watched a movie I absolutely adore, it's, it's quickly become one of my favourite all the time. Last year at Marion Bad, nineteen sixty one. Um, oh, who directed that? Uh, oh, Renee's. Yeah, Elaine Renee's. Um, I don't know if that. Not how. Again, I, I'm. I'm probably mispronouncing a lot of these, but uh, it's a fantastic movie. Very, very arty. Very. Some of the cinematography in this movie it it stands out to me as the definitive. This is how this is the possibilities of how you can shoot a movie. This is how artful and uh, it's it's the amount of detail put into it is comparable to like a literal painting. I think, um, and it's so beautiful and it's such a a complex and such a dense movie in so many ways. And even to me, I I mean I have theories. Everyone has theories about what it could mean. But uh, so much of it is still lost on me, and it's so enticing to try and figure out what any of it really means, you know? So, uh, yeah, absolutely check out Last Year at Marion Bed. Uh, past that point, Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Uh, Cha-Cha Real Smooth, I watched that. I watched this when I was sick, uh, and uh, I think it's a good movie to watch when you're sick because it doesn't ask that much from you, you know, bit long, I can definitely get some of the, why someone would hate something like this, but I think it's fine, uh, Miami Blues, I watched that while I was still sick, a bit sick, really great movie, uh, Alec Baldwin gives a, a career best performance, I reckon, in this one, uh, after that I watched Deadpool 2, hate Deadpool 1, hate Deadpool 2, almost as equally, I think it's a slight improvement on the first one, but still, just absolutely awful. Uh, I watched Cube as well. I think Cube's a bit underrated. 
it's not okay. It's not great. It it, it has, I think it underutilized some of its potential, and I think films like you know Saw and stuff like that expanded upon what it could be. But uh, for what it is, and for something with such a low budget, I did really enjoy it. Um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I saw that for the first time. You know, another one of those massive ones that just become so like almost monolithic when you haven't seen them that you sort of get put off watching them. But I finally got round to it, and I did not regret it. It is still a classic. It's still fantastic. Yeah, absolutely brilliant movie. Uh, after that, I saw uh, Zero for Conduct. I finished off Gene Vigo's feature length filmography with uh, his first movie he sadly died of tuberculosis after he completed his second uh latilante which i covered before uh this one is very short which is partially why i watched it uh and yeah it makes good use of its time i i, I really loved it it's innovative because it at one point it mixes animation and live action which for 33 is quite impressive like it's a short scene but that stood out to me as being really creative especially for the time period uh, I saw Hot Rod after that, uh, the Sandberg Vessel, not a big fan, lots of people love it. It was fine, I guess, but I, I'll, I'll always prefer something like Popstart or something like this. Uh, I saw Watership Down, now, I was actually sick again when I watched this, and uh, yeah, it was a horrible sickness. Um, I was sick when I started it, actually. Not when I finished it, so, yeah, to clear, no, so I watched it when I was sick before, I watched, like, the first 20 minutes, um, yeah, Worship Down, really surreal, you realise the surreality, you realise the nightmarishness when you're sick, I'll tell you that, uh, after that I watched Eight and a Half, uh, the Fellini Fick, uh, Fellini Fick, Fellini Flick, um, I, I, I'm first one of this guy's filmography, I don't think he's for me, I'll check out La Dolce Vita, um, but eight and a half, as much as I can appreciate uh, its qualities, I mean, the mise-en-scene, the, 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 you know, the, the cinematography is all very good, um, just not for me, I don't know what to say. After that I watched Ashes and Diamonds, uh, which I loved, uh, great, it's got very little action, like there's a little bit of action at the beginning, um, but even even past the action, uh, it's just a really good, good film. Um, I'm I'm tempted to say, I think it was before Breathless, so I think Breathless is probably a bit of an inspiration, and uh, a bit inspired from it. And uh, there's certainly a lot of movies that could be credited as uh, inspired from it. So that's always something good. Uh, oh, The Night of the Hunter. See, I've got this downloaded on my laptop, and I'm, I've. Uh, if I ever feel like rewatching it, I can do that because, boy, uh, stellar movie. Uh, this the cinematography is so chilling, and it's just a real shame that this was a flop when it came out because we could have had a potentially uh, all time one of the, we could have had a director that would have gone down as one of the best had he made more movies. Um, Checked out Melancholia after that. Not not a Lars von Trier fan. Uh, it's really kind of weird that I'd only... F this was the first von Trier film I've seen, but 
<laughs> as much as he can be an entertaining uh, in interviews, he is an awful person, and this movie is a piece of garbage. Um, Amadeus, yeah, I checked out Amadeus. Uh, I mentioned that briefly before, but absolutely masterful, brilliant movie. Um, just so good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything about it is perfect, so I'm not sure what what I can really say about it. Um, Identity, this is like a sort of cheesy, sort of weird, kind of, uh, interesting movie from the 2000s, early 2000s. Not horror, it's more of a thriller. Um, yeah, it's it's a good time, but, you know, past that point, not much more to say about I do like its inclusion of that poem. Uh, if you've seen it, you know the one I'm talking about. I can't remember the name of it. But I really like the inclusion of that poem, because it's a cool poem. Um, Mishima, A Life in Four Chapters. This is another Schrader flick. As much as I like Blue Collar, this is just on another league. This is a masterful, masterful, brilliant, perfect, perfect movie. Uh, the composition... Uh, from composer Philip Glass, who, before watching this, I'd only heard, uh, I've heard echoes of his name, you know, Philip Glass, he's supposed to be great, but past seeing this, I can, I can confidently say he may well be the greatest film composer of all time, because his composition, and the compositions he makes for this movie, are so good, it, it, it just convinced me. I, I don't need to hear anything more from him. I know. I can tell. I mean, uh, it's it's not my first... I, I'd seen Candyman beforehand, and Candyman is a good score, but Jesus, this guy, you know. But yeah, really, really interesting, really creative way, the way they structured it, mixing fiction and reality. Really, really cool. Uh, I checked out Reds. Red, Reds? I don't, I don't know. Uh, 36... Sort of social realist, a, a, a proto social realist film from Mexico, I believe. Uh, I think this is quite underrated. It's um doesn't get much love, but uh, it's really quite good. After that, I saw Polyester. Uh, I I always love a John Waters movie. Um, so yeah, this is a really fun time. Some really funny scenes. Uh, some really funny characters is a thing. So even if the the characters themselves are entertaining, so that makes the movie the the entirety of the movie entertaining, and that's really cool. Uh, I checked out the the exterminating angel. After that, which is a uh, another Benil flick, this one I enjoyed a lot more than uh, uh, the Age of Gold. Yeah, really cool movie. Um, really enjoyed that one. Uh, I finished off this mini-series, Tear Across the Dotted Line. I guess mini-series technically aren't m- movies, but I count them as movies anyway. Um, don't know much of the, about the context behind this. It's uh, adapted from a graphic novel, I believe, from this cartoonist um, who is famous in Italy, I suppose. So it's in Italian, and uh, I think it's quite good. It's on Netflix, uh takes kind of dark turn near the end, uh, and I like, I like the way that it, it, it goes. Uh, oh, I finished off the Battle of Chile. Yeah, don't bother with the third one. Just a reiteration of the first two. Uh, then I watched Industrial Symphony Number no. 1, The Dream of the Broken Hearted. 
Now, this is a very obscure sort of concert film from David Lynch. Just brilliant. I love the music. I love the... the. There's some really nightmarish imagery in here that they'll stick with you, I reckon. Uh, I checked out the Bob's Burgers movie. Uh, I, I, if you enjoy the show, you'll enjoy the movie, and vice versa, you know, in the opposite. If you don't enjoy the movie, you won't enjoy the show. If you don't enjoy the show, you won't enjoy the movie, etc., etc. Um, but yeah, I enjoy the show, so I enjoyed the movie. Uh, they did a good use of the animation budget increase as well. I, I checked out In the Company of Men, which is, and not, it's it's quite an obscure black comedy, because I, a lot of people haven't seen it, but very, very dark comedy about, um, you know, uh, misogyny in the workplace, and just in general, a lot of men's, you know, a brutal, brutal dissection of, of quite a few different types of uh misogyny that men hold whether consciously or not and it's really clever in the way that it does it <laughs> and at times almost you know disturbing although it is a comedy uh maniac is, is one i watched after which is a remake of the 80s maniac with the, the hobbit guy uh what's his face can't remember his name oh yeah uh no i can't remember his name anyway it's, it's shot entirely in pov which is it can be an interesting choice. A film that I enjoy that was in POV, at least the first 30 minutes, is Into the Void, um, the No Way movie. Uh, although that movie's three hours long, and it's only like the first 40 or so minutes in POV. But I think POV shooting style can be really quite interesting if utilised properly. Uh, Children of Men, this is a F Alfonso Cuaron movie that uh, was very big at the time. Oh, 2006, I thought it was a bit more recent than that. It feels recent, though, because it's so well made, and uh, its vision of the future is seeming even more close to being a reality. I then watched Which Side Are You On, which is uh, my first Ken Loach movie, which is funny because of all the movies he's made, this is a very, very obscure one, apparently. It's only got, like, 64 views, uh... Well, obviously, more than 64 people have seen it, but very few people have seen it. Uh, it's just about the miners' strikes. It sort of explains the experiences of these people, and uh, it can be funny, it can be powerful, it can be moving. It's uh, a good uh, good documentary. After that, Drunken Angel, which is my first Kurosawa. Can you believe that? First Kurosawa. He was another one of these directors who... You know, like Ozu, I haven't seen any Ozu. Like, they become so, they're so acclaimed and you hear so much about them that you almost don't want to watch one in case you don't get it. But this movie, which isn't even in the top 15 of the highest rated Kurosawa movies, is still so, so good. Like, it's so brilliant. It's so great. So I'm, I'm, I'm certain now that I will enjoy this guy's filmography. Now, I'd just like to say, I reckon this may be the last Zedcast, or maybe penultimate, last, second last, I'm not sure, but I'm f I am feel like it's coming to its end, because I feel like 
Um, I need to focus more on the website. Obviously, I think I explained earlier, unless that was cut out, how I'm going to get Wix for 50% off and, you know, that and that. Um, did I explain the book? Okay, uh, I've got a book out at thezentertainment.com, 40 pages of film reviews. If I haven't already explained that earlier in the episode, go to the Z Entertainment, download the book. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I feel like this might be the last Zcast because I feel like I'm not... I've, for one thing, I feel like they're terrible, the episodes, and I, I know they're terrible, the episodes. The audio quality is unlistenable. I just ramble. I need... Podcasts need two people. You know, I feel like I go over this every episode, or I feel like because of that, I sort of need to end it. Um, so yeah, maybe this might be the final Zcast. Um... Anyway, get the book. The book, I'd, I'd like people to read the book. I'd like to focus on, you know, writing reviews and stuff on the new website and sort of expand an audience. And I'm not opposed to the idea of having a podcast. I just think it either needs to evolve or it can't continue, you know. And uh, I'd, I'd also like to mention, I want to, I have a fear. I just want to mention this in the podcast. I feel like I mention this a lot. I have a fear that a- about AI. I reckon AI is going to take over movies. and I I feel like people would consider that an unrealistic fear, some. But I th- reckon in a decade, movies as we know them are not going to exist. And that fear paralyzes me at times because uh, I love movies. And as much as... you, ca- I know you can't stop progress. I know that. But just the idea of uh, what movies could become, I don't know. Anyway, AI. I could have a greater... Dis- I w- See, the thing is, something like that, that's a great topic, I reckon, to discuss, because there's so much to go into. But without a co-host, without another person, at least, you can't divulge into these things. You know, you could have another person on the counter who says, no, AI's never going to replace movies. You're just an idiot. You're stupid. You need the human touch or whatever. You need actors... So you could have another person who who could argue on that side, and I could argue on my side, and that's what creates a podcast. But uh, without that, I don't. I just don't think it can sustain itself. <gasps> okay, now I reckon. Um, just before I finish the final Zcast, as it may be called or whatever, uh, I'll go over some of the music I've been listening to or whatever, uh, because I've list- been listening to a lot for uh since the last episode because the last episode was ages ago anyway i discovered local files and i just went absolutely insane with them what i did was i added all the albums that aren't on spotify that i listen to to spotify uh and that includes the macintosh plus uh their archetypical their seminal uh their influential uh, album Floral Shop, um, which has been credited as, if not inventing, certainly popularizing the vaporwave genre. Although I would say, yeah, they didn't invent vaporwave. There have been plenty of albums that did vaporwave before them, and you could even trace it back to like Chopped and Screwed from the nineties. So even be- before you know, 
whatever you might call the first Vaporwave album, anyway. Uh, I downloaded also uh, Chuck Person's Echo Jams, which is another album credited with, you know, creating the Vaporwave genre. I prefer this one a lot more to Floral Shop, by the way. Uh, it's very experimental. It's At times very uh, hard to listen to <coughs> because of how it just um, abuses these samples, just echoing, reverbing, slowing down, speeding up, looping, just all, all sorts. Um... Uh, JPEG Mafia, he has a lot of, you know, loose songs that aren't on, you know, they're on like SoundCloud, they're on stuff like that, but they're not on streaming. So I added all those to, to uh, you know, my Spotify. And he also has his, uh, his former name, uh, Devon Hendrix, that he was making music, on, music under. Uh, the Joe Chill World album, the Dreamcast Summer Songs album, which is <laughs> coincidentally another album that many people contribute to inventing the vaporwave genre. Um, you know, if you you know all the Devin Hendrix albums because I really enjoy that musical project. So, uh, oh, Bastard by Tyler the Creator. Bastard's very controversial uh, first album that actually got him banned from New Zealand. Uh, arguably, I added that, uh, for all its, um, juvenile provocations, it's still a good album, uh, Neil Ciceriga, the Mouth Sounds trilogy, I know he's got a fourth one, but I didn't bother adding the fourth one, um, these are an albums of comedic mashup songs, and, uh, let me tell you, they're very funny, they're very unexpected, a lot of them you've got to just, you know, go in and see for yourself. For for example, I'll give you one example. So sometimes I feel like, you know, saying what the mashups are sort of spoils the joke or, of them. But there's one called Crocodile Chop, which is a, a mashup of System of a Down's Chop Suey and uh, Crocodile Rock by Elton John. So that gives you a, a taste of the sort of humour they have. I added uh, Death Grips Ex-Military, the... First mixtape, uh, very acclaimed first mixtape as well. Uh, I added, um, what else did I add? I, I added a lot. I added Pilot Red Sun. This is a very cool, underrated, uh, uh, experimental, you know, sort of chiptune electronic, um, uh, producer. And, uh, yeah, his songs are really... They have some gorgeous melodies in there. And they, they, they he uses some very creative sounds uh, to compose this music. So uh, check out Pilot Red Sun. Check out his album Achievement. The opening song, Greetings, I, I love that song. I've listened to that song so many times. Um, also, other things I've added. Macro Blank, he makes these, like, barber beats, like, so lo-fi uh things and they're very cool. Um they're all they're they're all very like uh you know, imagine like late night driving, the sort of stuff you'd want to have, like driving in a city at night. Very cool, very aesthetic, very uh you know, whatever adjective you want. Um Communist Low Jams, JPEG Mafia, as I said, this is his first uh album, but it's not on streaming because of some of the samples it uses. Still as uh, confrontational and aggressive and political as it was when it came out with songs 
uh, with titles such as I'll Never Forgive Hipsters for What They Did to Brooklyn and, uh, yeah, some very, very cool songs in there. Uh, I added Jacob Mafia's collaboration EP with Freaky, uh, The Second Amendment, which is also an incredibly political album, if not evident from the songs, uh, I Might Vote for Donald Trump and Let's Hit a Lick on the White House. Uh, it's obviously very, um, what's the word? It's, it's a, it's a satirical, I'll say that, <laughs> that's a word for it. Uh, I added Earl Sweatshirt's first EP, which some have said got him sent off to a boarding school in Samoa. But that's not true. It was it was not his lyrics, which were, you know, disgusting. And, you know, uh, I'm at a loss for words. I'm, I'm forgetting a lot of words. Um, it was not his lyrics that got him sent off. That's ridiculous. You don't get sent off to for making, like gross shock humor songs you know you, you, it was his behavior it, it, he's explained it in interviews anyway that started the free earl movement uh and from that point on he really matured as an artist and became incredibly poetic one of the most poetic mcs i think of our generation which makes sense considering considering his father was an incredibly famous african poet um Still recording, still recording, that's good. Uh, what else did I add? What else am I listening to? See, what when I discovered local files, I some of the stuff I downloaded, like I'll admit in retrospect, I didn't actually need, I think. I added some of Kanye's like leaks, but I didn't add the good ones. I just added some bad ones. I just found whatever I could. I think I'll delete a lot of the leaks I've got. Because there's some great Kanye leaks, there's some terrible Kanye leaks. Uh, leaks as in, you know, leaked songs that have been, you know, found that he didn't release, that someone released for him, uh, against his wishes, obviously. Um, The Comfort Zone, uh, Floral Shop Macintosh Plus Remix album featuring, uh, remixes from Macintosh's Plus Floral Shop album. I've mostly downloaded this, this this for the opening song, which I really enjoy, but after listening to, to more of it, I think it's a solid remix album. Uh, and a lot of the songs, a lot of the remixes I find to be actually be better than the uh, original, which is uh, something interesting. I added some of my own songs that I've just got, you know, in files, so I can listen to them. Um... Yeah, I had some more Tyler the Creator songs, just some uh, weird songs he's got out there that he must have uploaded to his website, you know, back in 2010. Uh, what else have I, what else have I uploaded? Macro Blank. Uh, I, at one point I just went on to Bandcamp and just searched for some free albums to get. Um, yeah, uh... That's about it. Oh, I, I got uh, some of the tracks from Frank Ocean's album. Uh, what's the album called? Endless. Yeah, Endless. I got got some tracks from Endless, which is, I think, on Apple Music, but it's not on Spotify. Uh, that's that's quite... There's some really good songs from that. Uh, some... That end song, the end, I didn't add... I Well, I, I did add the end song, but I don't like the end song. It's... Uh, Really weird. Um, what else? 
Yeah, I just went onto Bandcamp and just downloaded a bunch of stuff. Oh, I got Chipmunks on 16 speed, which is an interesting project. It slowed down Chipmunk songs, so, like, the voice sounds normal. And it's really weird and very cool sounding. Because, obviously, the voice sounds normal, but the instruments are slowed down, so it sounds very sludgy and like uh, like some doom metal, and it's very cool. And yeah, that's about it. That's uh, that's all I've got. So, cool. That's what I've been listening to, and uh, I think this may be the end of the episode. So thank you for listening. And if I do choose to make more episodes, I'll try and evolve this the, the, the show into something better. You know, get better mic quality, get better subjects, you know, evolve it.